Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. I love sports fans. Yes, week four of the NFL is just about all wrapped up at the time of this reporting. College football week five, two. Welcome to Minus Three. As always, Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass, ready to roll. He's on the other side of Sports America for a wedding that just uh, that just wrapped up there. I still think it's weird. I know all the jokes and commercials and everything else that tease people having weddings during uh, during the fall. So why are we still doing it, everybody? I mean, I like, isn't it now? You're the butt of a joke and you're continuing to do it. Either way, my Steelers are turning into the butt of a joke or... Is it the dawn of a new day? Kenny Pickett uh, played the second half against the New York Jets. No matter, Zach Wilson rose up and showed his pedigree. I think that's a story that's lost a little bit in the Kenny Pickett rise, at least on the banks of the Three Rivers. I feel like Zach Wilson really was the difference in that game. Um, The Bills get over on the Ravens. That was a heavyweight AFC tilt there. Want to talk to Money about that one. And where this leaves the AFC at the quarter pole Josh Allen and company looking good. I guess that's no surprise, but are we positive that they and the Chiefs are way better after all the buzz of summertime and free agency and the Dolphins getting Tyree Kill and looking good there for a few weeks and then Tua goes down? Are we left with what we probably thought on the heels of that shootout in Arrowhead in the divisional round, what was that, eight months or so ago, that, oh, those are the two best teams in the AFC. Is that where we now stand after all the noise of the offseason that got us to that point? Want to hear about that, whether the Chargers are going to be relevant there. Also, an important week in college football. Clemson gets past NC State. They now present as maybe past USC as the most prominent team to fill that fourth slot in the final four round about uh, the holidays upcoming. Eddie Spaghetti, you had a good week at extrapoints.com in the arcade. We do the pick them every week. I was middling, I think just a tick above 500. You double-digit one, though, muzzle tub team. Yeah, I think as of now, I'm around 10 wins. Um, you know, we're recording before the Monday Night Football game, so maybe we'll get an 11th. We'll see. Um, going for my Giants, I did say on, you know, Thursday's episode with Hench that the Giants were the lock of the millennium. And, uh, you know, I, I wish it was a bigger score, but they did what they needed to do. They won at home in the great uniforms, the great red end zones. They, they painted MetLife. I, I love that. So that was really good. And, um, you know, I, I was wrong on a couple college picks. Um, like you just said, the Clemson NC State, I did like NC you stayed in that game, but Clemson being the number four team, no shocker to me there. And uh, right now in the sports world, all I need is Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge to hit number 62, and I think I everything is going to go swell. Well, it's great because we have Matt Money Smith coming up. Of course, he's one half of the Petros and Money show here in Los Angeles. He's the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers. I guess that, you know, it makes some sense that New York City and L.A. are both really having some good times pending the result of uh, of the Rams game. Dodgers look like, I think, the best team, although here come the Braves looking to see if they can go back-to-back there. Your Yanks and the Metropolitan South um, suffering a little bit, but good times for the Jints and the Jets right now. Um, yeah, I uh, you said before the game that if – the Bears beat the Gents that you wouldn't watch sports anymore. And I laughed and you get to keep watching sports. 
Now it's me. I don't know if I can keep watching sports after. I mean, Pitt lost at home to Georgia Tech, who stinks, and the Steelers blew a double-digit lead at home to the Jets, who stink. I'm sick, but you know what? I'm a pro, and I'm here, and as you can see and you can hear, I... I have maintained a relatively chipper attitude. Let's get into it here at the quarter poll and try and make some sense of both pro and college football, where we sit here as we transition out of September into October as the games gain more and more import as we press on closer and closer to Halloween, Thanksgiving, and beyond with our guy, Matt Money Smith. Okay, quarter poll-ish. I know we have that extra game, but this is about as close as we can get. And who better to chop it up with to try and make some evaluations here, make some sense of what we've seen over the first four weeks means for the remainder of the season. He is the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm not ready to throw dirt on him just yet. I know I indicated I might a couple days ago, but that was before the weekend. Now I'm back on board-ish. Because I watched Sunday Night Football, too, and I saw what the Chiefs had going. Anywho, he is the voice of the Chargers, along with our guy, Daniel Jeremiah. And, of course, he is one half of the greatest radio show in all the land, Petros and Money. It's Matt Money Smith. What's the poop, fella? Ah, great to be back on, uh, Sheck. I love the Alex Van Pelt moniker there in the bottom Mm. corner. Uh, I'm disappointed. I assume he's going to make an appearance, but I I do. I, I desperately want the people to see our dear friend Eddie Spaghetti celebrating a victory today with a Monday. There we go with a Monday morning jersey selection. Uh, if the Giants lose Eddie, you're not wearing the jersey, right? Like if they're two and two, and we're Good still question. excited about the Giants being two. And so, tell like walk us through when what went into your selection a purchasing an Andrew Thomas jersey in the first place and left tackle and B, deciding to put it on for the pod this morning. I'm glad you asked that money. Um, I got this jersey his rookie year <laughs> um, because I got this jersey rookie, his rookie year and uh, I was always a fan like of his at George. Obviously, he was awesome, came out and then he struggled but and became you know now the top rated left tackle. So I find it funny to wear the jerseys of the not – famous quarterbacks running back jersey that's boring to me you got to get the o-lineman the reason why i'm wearing it today though and uh, i'll be honest is this is my plane outfit i was supposed to fly back from new york from a wedding (laughs) to la (laughs) last night wore it yesterday um didn't want to do laundry again today so i'm just wearing it again because i have a flight in a few hours so it's it's a back-to-back jersey wearing day yeah yeah your plane, you're like you want to be on a plane from new york to la making a statement yeah like i'm this Com- it's I'm comfortable too. It's comfortable. I have gym shorts on. It jersey. is. Yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable. It's like yeah, all me. polyester. There's giant patches sewn on them. You have a giant seventy-eight on your back. That's like that's comfortable. Spaghetti yeah. can pull off though. He cuts a figure. You know, he's a man of a certain he's carriage, a obviously. So he can wear the O lineman. Nothing's more pathetic than a grown man who's a little more diminutive walking around in hundred uh, percent in an O lineman jersey. I love the I love the thought from Spaghetti. It's a conversation starter. What better to do on an airplane yeah. for five uh, over five thousand miles than try to encourage the people near you to to <laughs> fire up the conversation? That's just what you want on the long flight, right? It is, by the way, too, it's a violation of my uh, uniform purchasing uh, guidelines. You never, ever buy a jersey of a current player. It's just there's way too much risk. They're expensive. 
I don't, I mean, look, for me, jerseys are a no-go in the first place. I don't want another man's name on my body. It's just weird to me. Um, I'd much prefer like a really good looking Giants hoodie, uh, T-shirt, something like that. I'm totally fine with the team gear. The jerseys have always been weird to me, but if you are going to wear, and I understand people dig the jerseys, totally fine if that's your, if that's your game. Um, just go with the retired players, you know, go with a Sean O'Hara if you want to go O-line or, you know, something along those lines. I, I just think there's so much more value there and so much. The risk does not, the reward is not paid off by the risk that you're Can, taking already. Right. And, and also, it's a funny thing because with Giants fans right now, I contend Eddie Spaghetti pushes back on this money. I say that Giants fans are swooning over the retro 80s getups based on nostalgia. It's not aesthetically superior to the current uniform, but Spaghetti right. says no. He says that the the one that says the all block letter Giants on the side and all that, With but that's just because you love LT and they won those Super Bowls and all of that that makes you hold it. So deep. you like the NY more? Oh yeah. Damashek. Oh yeah. Not you? <sighs> that's tough, and and that's the that's the debate, right? Is it nostalgia? Is that what what does it for me when I think about? You know, one of my er, one of my earlier football memories was the Giants Bills Super Bowl uh, because halfway through, I think I was in I don't know what I was really young. I think I was in seventh, sixth grade, maybe. Um, but halfway through, no the Super way, you I, I was, yeah, really. No, I was definitely, I was definitely Super Bowl in middle 25? school. Twenty five, okay. I was definitely in middle school, ninety one, and I remember Ish. halfway through the Super Bowl. Um, I was at Tony Chavaria's house. He had okay. the, or I should say his name properly, Chavaria, at his house. That checks um, out. Watching the Super Bowl in the basement. I was dating a girl named Jace at the time. And we had both um, agreed that we were not for one another. And then I flipped to a girl by the name of Sue for the second half. And I believe, <laughs> and I believe we didn't necessarily make out, but you know, we locked lips. I believe, if I remember right, by the end of that party, so it's a very impactful moment for me. So maybe that's why I like that Giants. I have a very positive association with that logo. But it's a fair point. Is it the better logo, or does nostalgia feed? Because that's always been my contention with music. When people are like, "Oh, this album's so much better," and these bands today, so I was like, "Dude, music is so much about when you hear it and what it means to you in the moment," uh, and that's why you find these bands to be special because you're pushing back against the man. Your old man's trying to get you to listen to Johnny Mathis, and you're like, "No, I'm listening to the Clash," and that's what makes it so special. So, whatever that band is to you know, for Eddie, maybe that was. Alice in Chains or Pearl Jam, whatever it may be. I don't be. know if that we want to get thing. into the grunge sound. Know, the last saying. time the three uh, of us got together, that. it led to acrimony. So I don't know. It did. I'm not trying to be acrimonious. I'm just saying I think it's a great point by you. In the, uh, in the words of Chris Mad Dog Russo, that's a good point by you. That's a good point by you, Dave. It, maybe it is nostalgia. Maybe it's a better uniform. I don't know, but that's a good point by you. You know what? Let's do it now. I, I have a couple other questions because, you know, l let me pull back the curtain, Money. You're the perfect person to kibitz about because, uh, like me, you like a little grab <laughs> mixed in with your with, <laughs> with your sports talk. <laughs> and um, we had a great time uh, a couple of weeks ago on Petros and Money. Always, sure did. Uh, always thrilled when... Uh, when um, Petros can't make it and uh, and Damashek gets to fill that seat and we get to yap about uh, this, that, and the other. I need a distraction. I don't know if it's all over with for my team. I mean, the, 
the the glass half full as it were and it's and it's a tepid glass of uh, of I don't know what in it. I feel like parody is the story right now at the quarter pole. If I if I'm trying to take 100%. a global view of things and not try to to be too doom and gloom about my particular favorite football team. Um cuz really who's I mean who just as you, as everybody's floating, like who's really good right now? Well, the Chiefs and the Eagles and and so on. But who's really definitely but the Chiefs had the- two bad games, right. you know, like back to back. And like again, it's I'm with you. I think it is. You know, we talked about the Bills being this buzzsaw and the separation between them and everyone else was too great to overcome. Now maybe that is the case if they get healthy. You know, they're winning games uh, or in these close games. You know, without freaking over half of their defense so that's impressive that they can continue to win but at the same time I'm with you uh, I think there is just this is the season of parity um you know 10 and 10 and 7 9 and 8 I think is going to win a couple of these divisions so I you talked about writing the Chargers off and I think it's fair you lose probably the second and third most important players for the rest of the season after week 3 and it's like wow well that changes everything and then Jamari Sawyer comes out and, and and plays well at left tackle. And Khalil Mack is still Khalil Mack and a complete force of nature on, on one side. And you just can't even double him. And he's still going to wreck a, a, an offense. And now you feel better. Um, and then at the same time, I thought the Chiefs were going to get manhandled by the Bucs. And what do they do? They go out and, and rough up what looked to be maybe the best defense in the league. So it's like, yeah, we have no idea. It's so weird this season. I'm with you. I, I don't think anyone can write any team off. Oh my God, the NFC East is four and zero, three and one, three and one, and one and three. Who would have thought that's what we were going to be? I mean, I guess that's what we... you look at, right? I mean, if you have, if the rest of the division has played you out of contention, then you're out of contention. But if you're a game back, no matter how mediocre or downright uh, garbage you are. If you're if you're still in contention by the standings, then you're still in contention. So I know that's uh, that's not much insight for you, but I think that's the reality of it. If you're ready to throw dirt on your team, I do think as a for instance, the commies are done. The commies are out of contention in the NFC. Yes. They have to overcome three teams all ahead of them right now, and one of them is three games up on them. The other teams, even though they're they're mediocre, including my team, I don't think it's time to throw dirt on them. Um, now. One team in New York money is two and two. Zach Wilson, you know, people crack wise, but of course the premise for the last 10 months has been Zach Wilson is going to rise up in his sophomore year. It was, uh, you know, there was there were some indications of, 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 of some reasons for optimism a year ago, but, you know, now they, they fleshed out the offense a little bit more, injuries on the offensive line notwithstanding. But Zach Wilson, I thought, actually... Kenny Pickett gets all the headlines for obvious reasons, um, especially on the banks of the Three Rivers. But I thought Zach Wilson, if you actually watch the game, was dealing in the fourth quarter, and that's a major factor. So some cause for optimism there, two and two, and then the Giants, three and one. Eddie's I'm going like, to jump in good. there real quick, though, Dave, because mm-hmm. um, I did, in preparing for this, I went back and watched all of his throws in that game. Look, one interception, not on him. One interception, totally on him. So not all interceptions are created equal. Um For whatever reason, there was this window of time where arm strength was not important. You know, there were all of the talking heads that were like accuracy. Arm strength is not a big deal. That game, you could see it. When when you see Kenny Pickett and that interception that ended up being the back-breaking interception that led to the Jets going ahead when he tries to throw from the left hash to the right sideline, 
and there's just there's not enough power behind that ball and you give those defenders time to jump the rot and intercept that ball. I think it was Fryermuth that he was trying to throw it to. Um, and then you see Zach Wilson. And if you want to watch one throw, there's a fourth and seven and Corey Davis runs and out and then just a quick in and man, there is that is a dart and that's where you see it. And that's why there was so much excitement about Wilson. There's some big time throws in that game where he is freaking throwing lasers and he is fitting that ball into tight windows. He's standing in the pocket, you know, toughness as it's falling around him. And just, there's just that flick, man. And when that ball comes out, you're like, yeah, that, that guy's different. That's why there was a lot of excitement in New York and they refused to give up that number two pick because they're like, he's athletic. I mean, you watch the Philly special and him being able to run around and the double, the double move. And that stuff, you know, so that's, too, yes. The functional mobility. It's that Joe Burrow, yeah kind of elusiveness. I mean, they couldn't get him down to the ground. I mean, you know, they were yeah. in the backfield against, uh, you know, their bum tackles, their third string tackles. And they, and, and, you know, he's dodgy enough that he extends plays and that's vexing to a defense that they're chasing him around to gases him. It's not a small matter. I hear you. Um, yeah. I thought that, uh, you know, if you're a Jets fan, you, you have reason to be optimistic, but, you know, this year because of the offensive line situation and all yeah. the injuries, it's hard to to get two over your skis. Well, but I, I like what think- they did, actually. I like what they did, Dave, because I got to see him out here in L.A. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker's a really good offensive lineman. And, and, and I just saw it with the Chargers, with Jamari Sawyer, a really good offensive lineman that anchored the line at Georgia. They played through the the SEC for three years, and and when things started getting hairy in the national championship game, they kick him inside to play guard, and all he does is stone everyone that goes against him. The guy slides to the sixth round. Why? Because he's probably a, a click under 6'3", and they're like, he can't play tackle. And all of a sudden, you know, you talk to the Chargers defenders, and they're like, dude, this guy is a mountain. You cannot move him. Like, hmm. yeah, he's going to probably have some issues with some of the speed on the edge and trying to catch up to it in the NFL. But once he gets his hands on you, you aren't getting around. And we saw it yesterday with Jerry Hughes came in with four sacks and Jamari stones him. Same thing with Elijah Vera Tucker plays left tackle for SC stones. Everybody he goes against. He gets to the combine they measure his arms and they're like, oh, his arms are too short. He can't play tackle. He's a guard. So now he slides and the Jets get him. I don't know whether they got him like 17, 16. They're like you said, down to their third tackle. They kick him out. Guy looks great. Looked great yesterday at, at tackle. And it's like it's just so crazy. Some of the stuff that some of these front offices in Sky. That's why the Chargers got Rashawn Slater at 13, because they didn't like the length of his arms. And it's like, have you hmm. did you watch the film? Did you watch what he did to Chase Young at Northwestern? And like you're telling me you don't like that his arms measured out at 32 and seven eighths instead of 33 and a half. And that's why a guy that became an all pro in his rookie year and one of the maybe three best left tackles in football slid. It's just crazy. Some of the stuff that they let go, ignoring what they see for three or four years from these kids. It is the difference between, you know, you can kind of go through all the rosters of teams that get to the Super Bowls and there's always a guy or six on those rosters that fell in there that are the nice stories. Obviously the Seattle Seahawks are, are overflowing that the, the almost dynasty, the Russell Wilson, 
Now, Geno, now that conversation, Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson. I don't know about any of that, but, but <laughs> he's know, playing well, though. He is. But, but, you know, eight, 10 years ago when the, the Hawks appeared on the cusp of dynasty, it was owed to all those guys who fell, who were undervalued around the league and, and otherwise. Um, yeah, I mean, your guy, uh, your guy, Jeremiah, I mean, this is 2022 is the autumn of uh, uh, of move the sticks, it feels like to me, between App State, I know they had their stumble, but some high-end moments for that program, and now Joe Douglas's Jets with, uh, with best pal Daniel Jeremiah p- uh, providing free consultation, I'm assuming, from, from his uh, well, SoCal man, you know, <laughs> or at least rooting, at least, for, uh, for They're definitely Jets. friends. Uh, definitely friends. So I think, you know, they work together at a couple different spots. So certainly, uh, uh, you know, a rooting interest for his friend to succeed and, and maybe finally be the guy that turns the Jets around after so many years of futility. I'll tell you, see, he won't do it himself um, because, you know, our man Jeremiah is way too humble. He's never the I told you so. Hey, I told you about this guy or I told you about that guy. And when people come after him for guys that he misses on, he wears it. He's comfortable doing that. He knows it comes with the territory. But I will say this because I heard it for he Jeremiah was the only guy. And you can probably go back and dig up Kuiper and McShay and um, uh, shoot. Who am I forgetting? Uh, the ESPN. Tri- no, the ESPN triumvirate, uh, Lewis Riddick. Okay. You go, the, the guys that do the draft there. Mm-hmm. Um, they all probably had Jalen Hurts outside of the top 100, you know, maybe in like the 70s or the 80s. DJ was waving that flag, man. He Because he was talking about it with the, I, I remember it because he was talking about it with the Chargers. And he was like, hey, if these quarterbacks are gone, I would draft Isaiah Simmons, and I'm going to get Jalen Hurts at the top of the second round. Hmm. He's like, this guy is a winner. Everything I hear about him is about his commitment in the locker room, how quickly those Oklahoma guys took to him when he showed up. He won a national championship in Alabama. Uh, what did he go to? Two national championship games in Alabama. They won one. He lost the one to Clemson, You know, was in the Heisman conversation at Oklahoma, and now you're seeing it. You know, like that's... Yeah, like that stuff that as we continue to talk about, like, you know, oh, what's what's important in the, the scouting process? Like there are some guys where the whole win thing, it matters. Like he's a winner. He and like you're hearing that now about him with the Eagles that like they have to throw him out of the facility like he would be there 24 hours a day. That's just the kind of guy that he is that, you know, and, and I know those guys in in Philly, Nick and, uh, you know, Sirianni and, and Shane Steichen, they were with the Chargers. Great guys. Shane's going to be a head coach, first of all. That guy's going to get a head coaching job. That guy knows how to design and call offense. Um, but I know, like, what kind of dude that is. Um, and just through them and through, you know, what the word is. And, man, you're seeing it. Like, it's hard to under – it's it's you have to put value onto that. I, well, obviously I agree. And – the concern of like the Matt Leinart syndrome of is he a passenger along for a ride on a on an unstoppable train? Fair point. Notwithstanding the pedigree, I mean, I, I I always laugh when you know. Listen, it stinks when Bryce Young goes down, and you think, man, that that kid's shoulder might be really messed up. What I am not worried about is Alabama. The the idea, like, what are they going to do? How are they now? The suddenly are they going to put Rudy in the game? No, they're going to put uh, <laughs> another one of the top another five. five quarterbacks out of high school from last year into the game and he'll be better than whoever you have starting a quarterback or anyone else out on the field they are you know it 
Talk about uh, the imbalance, the 99% versus the 1% economically in the United States of America. That's what we have going in college football. It's crazy. You just you just fill in the next guy. And you saw that in Alabama. You know what's it funny took a about minute that, for though? the kid to get his legs under him. But once yeah. he did, he, play, he runs away. Everything's going Arkansas's way. Boy, this is a tough spot. Maybe the Hogs are going are, are gonna to take down the time. Then the kid who's barely been on the field runs away from everybody for 70 yards and breaks everyone's heart. It's funny, though, like that, you know, and that and we'll see if it holds for the rest of the season. But that's what's interesting about the transfer portal now is it's I don't know if Alabama's going to be able to do that, because if you're a five star guy and, you know, Bryce is leaving this year, so they have someone ready to go. Mm-hmm. But like if Bryce were if this were last year or the year before, then maybe they don't have that guy because they're like, I'm not going to play for, for three years. I got to go somewhere else to to get my reps to get to the NFL because of just how crazy the transfer portal is now that you could look at JT Daniels right starter at SC loses the job to Slovis transfers to Georgia loses the job to Bennett and now he's the quarterback at, at West Virginia and this was one of the top five quarterbacks coming out of high school you know in his class and I just think that's it's going to be interesting moving forward whether or not the Clemson's you know, the Georgias, the Alabamas can actually get multiple five-star kids to sit and wait to play quarterback, um, you know, knowing that there's everybody's lined up, you know, that we'll take you. Come on, come on, we'll take you, and you can start next year, and and let's go. I guess, you know, we I've naively said, you know, so what? whatever your second-tier, third-tier program that you root for is, Georgia Tech is a, for instance, yeah. why couldn't they go out? 100% they, right. They don't have a billionaire booster who can just pay a kid a million dollars to come to their school. I guess that's offset by the ongoing perennial boosters of Bama and otherwise, and that's just a, a pile of mountain compared to a yeah. one-time buy. But yeah, you're right. Tell me this though, as we as we freeform this. See, I try. It, it, it makes no sense to even try to outline Agreed. things as we as we roll through these. This is my. Preferred. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible guest. No, no, no. This is my preferred way of doing things. Damn the listener. Listen, stick with us if you can. It's kind of like I guess going to see Sonny Rollins in Paris or something. You you can hang in there. Uh, little freeform. Yeah, look, little free the form. baseline's there. You know, Eddie Spaghetti is uh, is our baseline. We're just we're just gonna roll around. We'll see if we can get back to the baseline when it when it suits us. To well, he's something. definitely the base. <laughs> well, we have, listen, in his ongoing uh, desire to be a WFAN host, we do have to roll a call or, or two here in a second here. But first, a quick word. Caesar, Cleo, the Mannings, Hank Lundquist, and now yours truly, yes, minus three, is now a proud member of the Caesars empire. And your very first bet, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. If you win, muzzle tough. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. So download the app, use promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L, Caesar Full, and go full Caesar this season. 21 and over, 19 and over in Ontario, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, 
or D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-800-770-STOP. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Ontario, visit connexontario.ca or call 1-800-531-2600 or text connex to 247-247 Tennessee call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Your insights, you're there looking at USC with Petros. He is a former uh, SC football player, of course. UCLA, nice little upset over uh, over Penix and company. The Huskies came to town with about uh, maybe 8,000 people in the Rose Bowl to, to witness the thing. Now UCLA wins that and now catches the Utes. Clemson handles NC State. Um, so they now present as, I think... The best bet to get that fourth slot in the tourney or USC. How say you? I feel like that Utah dumping undefeated and ranked UCLA boosts their power ranking. And therefore, if USC can take down the Utes, they become a credible option as that fourth team in the playoff. How say you? Yeah, I, so. So I'm, I'm, I got very lucky. We got a Monday night football game that week on the 17th. So I'm going to be able to call that game on the 15th of no Bicycles, the Utah awesome. Yeah. So I'll be on the call for uh, national radio, Utah, USC. So I started digging into that. I've been watching them all season. Um, Utah is the type of team that SC has issues with. Just physical, right. strong up front. I love Cam Rising. I think he's a great Like, I think that's someone that could end up making an impact in the NFL. He's very, I, I was happy, uh, you know, I always try to gain the approval of our man, move the sticks, Daniel Jeremiah. We were talking about him 
uh, this on this trip to Houston with the Chargers. And I said, you know, if I had to like do the comparison, I'd probably go Gardner Minshew. And he's like, oh yeah, that's a, he goes, I like that one. That's, that's a good one. That's what he is. He's a, he's just, when a play needs to be made, he makes a play, uh, whatever the play is. Um, so Whittingham is such a wildly underrated coach. And I think the one thing that like people overlook, and this is something that, that they had at UCLA for a while, um, is development you know, and developing and, and developing players that make an impact in the NFL, that maybe when they came into your program, they were three stars, but when they leave, they're five stars and they end up being first round. Pay. I mean, look at NFL rosters now and how many Utah players are in the league. Um, Whittingham does such a great job of developing players. And by the time they get to their third year, man, he's got men that are playing at a high level. You're dealing with 22 year olds, 23, you know, the, the, a lot of those are, Mormon I was just going to say, aren't they? Yeah. That's the advantage they have. Right. So, yeah. So you develop those guys and man, they kick your ass. Um, so that's, it's going to be a great game. I think, I think UCLA, um, was underrated going into that Washington game. I'm not just saying that cause they won, but, I was I didn't quite understand all of the Washington hype, and maybe it's because I got two nephews at Indiana, so I, I ended up being invested a little bit in the Hoosiers. And I would see the really good from Penix, but then I would also see the little wobbly Penix as well. And I'm like, eh, haven't really played anyone. They've played at home. It's I like don't get UCLA's the first round buzz around Penix, and believe me, I enjoyed watching his high end moments yeah. myself as He's a good player. kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good player, but I think, um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the winner of that USC-Utah game in a couple weeks is going to be the favorite to, to win. Um, there's concerns around the USC offensive line. It's been beat to hell, um, but they're just, they're so fast. They're so fast. They're so skilled. Caleb's the, the real deal. Uh, Lincoln Riley's a great play caller. So it's really going to be kind of a, it's styles make the fight. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to we're going to jazz it up on offense and try to throw it all over the place. And the, the, the Utes are like, we're going to punch you in the face. I feel and like and, and in the meantime, the Utes have the small matter of um, undefeated uh, Bruins. Uh, Utes lay in four. I, I think sure. I think it's going to be a tough one. Do you see? I think exactly what you're talking about. I, I think that they bully uh, UCLA. around. Oh, yeah, I think I, they win. I, I do. I think they win that game. I think they bully them. Um, but at the same time, like. UCLA's got legit, like you've got two guys that are going to be high draft picks. Bobo's going to be a high draft pick. Charbonnet's going to be in the conversation as one of the first backs taken. That dude is good. He is, uh, DJ made a great comparison, Matt Forte, where he's tough between the tackles. He's smooth. He, he never goes down on first contact. And if you need him in the passing game, man, he's good. He will make guys linebackers you know can't keep up with him safety's too small he'll run through him yeah, he so does have that they got legit, yeah yeah they got legit skill position players uh bobo i don't know how the heck you cover that guy i mean he's crazy athletic and he is an absolute giant the problem with ucla is dorian thompson robinson tends to make mistakes um uh and he played a perfect game against washington like that's the best game i've seen him play probably in his ucla career like he played really really well so I don't know. If you didn't see the it, highlights, it really was great. Not once, but twice did he make uh, uh, opposing would-be tacklers collide with each other. It was really like uh, something out of a yeah. cartoon, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, them trying to get him diving at the same time and uh, bonking heads as he winds up in the end zone behind them. It happened, uh, as I say, two times. All right. 
Back to uh, well, I didn't even answer your question. By the way, I no, didn't you even did. You your said question, you took the way? Utes, right? You're laying the four. Well, no, you were like, wait, is there, are we? Is there, are we just spinning our wheels? Well, is it are Ohio you? I, State, I think that Alabama, that Georgia, and I think it matters. It's the same thing as the ACC yeah. when people are dismissive about it. Like, look at the look at the standings. It's not great for the ACC that Pitt loses to Georgia Tech, but Wake is still around right. now. Okay, so now you have Wake, you have NC State, but if everybody winds up with three losses, then nobody gets anything as a result of that. I think that if things break just right, the Pac-12 remains relevant in the Final Four conversation, depending on what happens to Clemson, because I think they're going to get got somewhere along the way. I mean, Georgia almost got taken down last night. I don't know, man. I'm looking at that Clemson schedule, and it's not good. It's BC, Florida State, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. I mean, Hmm. That's in an ACC championship game as it stands right now uh, against North Carolina or Duke. Um, that seems like a pretty clear path uh, to the playoff. You know, Ohio State and Michigan are have to play each other. I think Ohio State wins that and, and they end up getting in. Um, you know, I don't although, you know, the Big Ten, I guess eh, they got Penn State and Michigan. But yeah, I don't I don't see that being an issue. Ohio State's so talented. Um, yeah, it'll probably come, it'll, it'll probably come down to Clemson or USC, you know, which, which team, which undefeated team do you believe, you know, showed you more through the season as it stands right now, you know, USC is going to have two ranked teams. They have two ranked teams left on their schedule, Utah at 11, UCLA at 18. Um, and Clemson has one Syracuse at 22. So take by the pick. way, um, Air Force and Navy played to wrap up the college football conversation here. Air Force and Navy played on Saturday, and I think it was like a 10-3 final score, which is which is ironic, especially from the Air Force. It is weird that at the height of their powers, they're a ground-based team. You would think that Air Force, of all things, I always <laughs> I always I always scoff at that when people say, like, team, you know, this town really vibes to this hard-nosed defensive gang. Like People in Miami wouldn't like a a defense first team. Of course they would. Um, But Air Force, if there was an exception to that, you would think it would be that fan base. They would be like, we demand that you never run the ball at all. It's all through the air or not at all, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I I love it. I I never thought of it that way. Stupid me. uh, Army makes sense. Ground game. That's it. That's all we do. Navy. You know, they should play in uh, in scuba yes. suits. <laughs> I mean, there's a million different things we could approach. I mean, it's it's funny. I'm looking up. I wanted to make sure that he was, you know, I, I knew if he was alive or not. So Fisher DeBerry, uh, 84 years old. And of course, you know, DeBerry shows up in, in Air Force at Air Force in 1980 and uh, becomes the OC in 82 and then runs the, the entire show from like 86 to, let's see, he was the head coach from 84 to 2006. And, you know, you always hear from those folks at the service academies. It's like, yeah, we can't we can't throw it around because we just can't get the guys. You know, we have to. That's like like that was always what what jumped out at me. Like if I were coaching Vanderbilt Northwestern, I would run the option like I I would just that's what I would do. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to beat these guys with a pro style offense or spreading it out because I just they're not coming to my school. I've got to have something else that gives me at least some sort of advantage going into the week. And when you run the option, um, then, yeah, you have that advantage. Well, now we've only got six days to prepare for a team that we're never going to see anything like it. We've never seen anything like it before. 
and we're just going to get freaking cut for 60 minutes along the line, and, and we might have to eke out a win. So I guess I kind of get why they do it. But yes, they should embrace it. And they should wins. have, a, they and Air Force should also have low self-esteem based on the fact that America goes gaga when Army and Navy play. Where's the same enthusiasm when the Air Force, our flyboys come in? I'll tell you the answer. Their self-esteem is already low because of Top Gun. Air Force, it's right in the title. Air, we're the fly guys of this equation. And yet Navy gets the ink because of Mav and company doing their stuff in uh, at the Top Gun Academy and overseas fighting an unknown enemy in, uh, in uh, the 2022 hit Top Gun Maverick. Now... That brings me to this question, Money, to pick up where we left off on Petros and Money a couple of weeks ago. I asked you then, and I ask it again now. I don't know if you have any greater insight. Eddie Spaghetti, you're a brawler type. Maybe you have some thoughts on this. Listener, if you know anything about the military, and better yet, if you don't know anything about the military, I encourage you, Nate, demand that you chime in with your thoughts here, too. If the U.S. Armed Forces... Shame the devil. I'm not uh, encouraging this. But if they ever went to war against each other, who wins that fight? Matt Money Smith. Now, the Marines I, are a subset like of the Navy, and I understand that. But everybody. we view them as a separate Right. Entity. The Marines are, are different than the, than the Navy. Aren't? I mean, they're not. I don't think that. And there's no Space Force and there's no Coast Guard. We're pushing those to the side. If I go to the if I go to sign up for the Marines, am I going to a naval recruiting center? Like it's like, is that sort of cannibalistic? Like, do I go to the Navy recruitment office and say, like, do you get in this line for Navy and get in this line for the Marines? So who wins that fight, Matt Money Smith? Uh, U.S. Marine Corps recruiting. It looks like they are separate entities when it comes to the recruiting. So who wins? I don't want to make a choice because I respect all okay, of our don't, forces don't, and all your listeners are going to all piss off. Don't be up. a pain. Here's don't what I'll say. Difficult. Here's what I'll say. Each of them have, this is what makes it so tough. Each of them have, it depends what, what is the venue? Well, right? here's my like, venue. Like, here's a, let me just say venue. this. That's Air problem. Force must not be good compared to the Navy and Army because their football team isn't as good. And if we're assuming that recruiting in football terms also is a reflection of overall recruiting, shouldn't we then take away the that the Army and Navy would beat the Air Force? No, no offense to anybody. And it's so attractive is, in Colorado Springs. You think that that would be a nice recruiting tool for them, but the records say otherwise. But that's why. I think that's the, that's the problem is the proximity of Army and Navy, West Point and Arlington. And the fact that, you know, where that game is played, I think, is what gives it so much um, of its history. And, of course, the history of the Army and the Navy compared to the Air Force, you know, when air support superiority became so important uh, to gain an advantage in uh, military strategy. They tell you you got to win through the air, that, that a dominant air attack is what wins wars. So it's hard not to pick the Air Force, but you also got to protect your borders. You know, how do you protect your borders with a strong Navy? I mean, that's why it's very hard to come after America because we got these two giant bodies of water on each side and friendly neighbors uh, above and below. But if it's a war of attrition, the Army has considerably more um, members of the Army than any other outfit. Is that right? So now we're in a war of attrition and they can just keep throwing numbers. What's that, Ode? Why does the Army have so many more people in it? 
I don't know. It's just uh, it's, do they have planes? It says. It says they do got they have the, like uh, fighter jets? The army? Yeah. Remember, I told you the uh, they they've got planes. The uh, the is it the A ten that I was talking about? The Warthog. Love that thing uh, with that giant freaking just what uh-huh. a giant gun that fires these giant bullets. That just I like those ones in Red yeah, Dawn that and, and in Rambo too. Um, the ones I've never seen them in any real life setting, but the Soviets of the eighties apparently had the helicopters that were almost looked like a fighter jet, but they were helicopters, but they had like the row of guns on either side and All they took down C guns, Thomas yeah. Howe. He did the, uh, the unnecessary. I don't, I don't want to call it, you know, you know, you know, rest in peace, but you know, the, the Wolverine who really evolved the most as a fighter. You know, was C. Thomas Howell. And, and I no mean, doubt. you know, because, you know, Swayze was a. There are no, no friends. No, I anymore. mean, Swayze was already there. He was the, you know, he was the the Sherpa of the high school gang starting off when he he didn't have to go to the high school in his pickup truck to try to help his little brother Chaz Sheen and company out. He no. could have saved his own hide, but he didn't. He went and he saved, he did the right thing. He picked them up and then he took them to the mountains to hide from the Soviets and then reemerged. <laughs> As a new fighting force, Wolverines, take that, Soviets. Um, but see, Thomas Howe, things got sideways. And, I, you know, long story short, spoiler alert, he goes and stands out in the middle of nowhere and shoots his, his gun up at the, at the helicopter. That's not going to work out, see? No, it's not. Either way. And the A-10 is in the Air Force. I was wrong. You, you put me into these bad positions. We went through this already. The Army's got the helicopters. They got the Black Hawks. America as much as I do. That's the problem. Yeah. Now the Marine Corps, oh, they got the F-18 Hornets, they got they the F-35 Lightning. I didn't realize the Marines. They got they got some serious uh but the and, and the Navy of course uh has they've got an F-18, they got F-16s, they got F-18s, they got F-35s as well. So they've all got planes. Uh the Air Force has that A-10 Thunderbird. Spaghetti, who wins that fight? Um, Do you have any thoughts on this? You know any military people? We got to get in touch well, with somebody who actually knows the answer to this question. Yeah, instead of me I mean, the, the most impressive reader. military, I mean, aren't the, the the Navy SEALs, I mean, going through BUDS and stuff like that, like those are the... Well, but that's an elite, that's an right. elite. Yeah, but then you have the Army Rangers and you have the Green Berets, right? And the... Army Green Berets, Navy, uh, Air Force are about the same. They're at about 350 grand. Uh, let's see, Marine is Aren't the at, Marines, though, uh, with all due respect to... to to they the army and first. everybody else, like considered to be like ground force, our Marines are our are our toughest soldiers, right? Am I? I, I don't mean to disrespect so, anybody from, like I say, the Air Force. They have no Marines. Only got one hundred eighty. Marines have one hundred eighty thousand guys. So that's what I said. So each the Air Force and the Navy have three hundred about three hundred twenty five thousand. The Marines have one hundred eighty thousand. The Army's got four hundred eighty five thousand. Okay, so. I mean, in a war of attrition, you got yeah, extra 150,000 guys you're working with here, bodies, I should say, men and women that are serving in the army. I mean, each has their strengths. It is a hard. I don't know. Those battleships are nice, though. They can be miles off the coastline, just lob in some heavy yeah. stuff, right? Again, where's the venue? What 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 is the venue in which we're fighting? Is it just is it the United Colorado States? Springs? And they each pick right. their corners, you know? Mm hmm. I mean, the army, the army and the navy are in such close proximity to each other that maybe the air force can just sit around and wait for them to sort things out. And it's like they're coming our way, and we'll just pick off the winner of that, who's already dealt with a serious blow. 
You know what's and, a shame? Uh, I, I hate that this conversation comes up years after we lost the man who stole the movie Red Dawn, Powers Booth. He, about halfway through this picture, you think it's a movie about these teenage kids trying to repel the Soviets. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, from literally above, from the sky, drops down Powers Booth down. to lay some some ugly reality on these kids and we the audience you know there's one scene in fact where he takes the kids he's cold you know he's a, he's a down fighter pilot i forget from what branch but he tells them what's going down across the united states of america and it ain't good and he really scares these kids on this as if they're not already going through enough but they're gathered around the campfire and the old man, he's taking the bottle of whiskey that somebody gave him in town to try to keep the boys warm up there through the winter. He drinks the whole thing in one night and he's sitting around the camp like, hey, you just showed up, man. We're trying to help you out. We gave you some canned beans. They're sitting there silently. The scene opens and Powers Booth just says, you think you're tough because you eat beans? Like, no, we're never doing anything. We think we're tough because we're because we're 15. <laughs> And we're living in we're living in the woods and have been for the better part of a year, you old creep. We're trying to help you out. Now you come in here and insult us and drink our whiskey. But nevertheless, he teaches them. He takes it up a level for them and he allows them to survive and, and play an even more important role in saving freedom. Anyway, we've lost our we've lost our thought here. A small price to pay. See now, you see the error of your position, Dave. It's a small price to pay for invaluable military training couple cans of beans uh you wear it over the course of an evening around the fire being insulted even though you've been fighting for your lives against um you know the uh, the second superpower that coexists in the world in that particular time and place and uh and a bottle of whiskey and it's like all right so that's what we're going to give you and you're going to give us invaluable military training that will allow us at least two of us to survive the remainder I don't know how much he understands strategy, though. He may be a bad actor The whole from top to bottom that we just trust he knows what he's talking about because he's got some uh, military stripes on his outfit. I, you know, because sure. they're playing a football game. They're playing a pickup football game, you may recall, on the side of a hill. And it's I do. A, you know, I don't know if there was any even land to play it on, but either way, they're doing what they can. Somehow they have a football with them. They packed uh, They packed better than Gilligan and company for the three-hour tour. Did They brought a football with them somehow. Anyhow, um, they're playing a pickup game. And then, uh, you know, the old man, the middle-aged man who likes his whiskey... Um, notices that one of the teenage girls is watching him with affectionate eyes. And he goes over and he sits down and he starts talking to them. And they're like, hey, you're going to get back into the game? He's like, ah, you go on without me. And he throws them back the ball. And then they resume a game. It's like, we're playing three on three. You can't just sit down and stop playing three on three because now it's two on three. Now the game has no meaning. What score? Well, I don't know. It's a new game because now we're playing two on two with an all-time quarterback because the old man's too busy playing whatever game he's playing with the with the with the little girls over there with the pie eyes. You see? I do. Extenuating circumstances, Dave. Is it? You know? Well, you tell me. Guys in the middle of a war. You know, America's still losing man, her way, and maybe the stars and stripes are going to fall forever. And he's still a man. He's still got loins, and they get warm when they see the female persuasion. Uh, it's, you know, no matter how old or young, I'm not a, signing off on yeah. a different time. You know, when this film was made in the mid '80s, but I'm, you know, 
You can't the grown-ups failed like, the hey, kids. Yeah, I think that's the message of Red Dawn, really, is like this wouldn't have happened if America would have showed some spine in advance of the invasion. And these kids are left to fend for themselves because the adults aren't trustworthy. Witness the, you know, uh, the... The kid who got shot up for making his kids swallow the book. Right. What are you doing? That's exactly what are we doing right. It's also like, I mean, the, it yeah. really comes home when... Um, when, when uh, the at the end in the middle of the picture, when Chad Sheen and um, Swayze here it comes. Well, listen, it comes. they they, they got to go see their old man at the jail. <laughs> I knew, I knew eventually. Well, I we wasn't were going to, but I, mean, I couldn't. I knew help. Harry Dean was gonna. I, I knew Harry Dean was gonna make an well, appearance see, in this. They go to see their old man. So, he's bloodied. I don't know what happened to him, but he's right. bloody, and they have to carry him. Like, is my is my dad here? Like, yeah. Hold on, I'll go see if I can find him. And then next thing you know, they they drag him. He's like he can barely stand up, and he holds himself up against the fence. The 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 drive-in movie theater that's been converted into a a, a holding pen for for the for the right. citizenry of of this Colorado town, and he's saying, "Let me get a good look at you." The range is wild there. What what side would you like to have in this uh, reenactment, Money? Uh, I can just be the um, the blubbering, yeah. understandably. Uh, Charlie be- Sheen, who just can't believe that he's seen okay, the end okay. of his dad. All right, I'm going to be Harry Dean. <laughs> dad, what are they doing to your dad? Let me just stand there. Let me get a look at you, boys. Dad, what's going uh, on? I remember you, you were both so damn small. Dad. You got to get out of here. No, Dad. You got to get out of here. They're looking everywhere for you. No, no, Dad. No, no Dad. Ask, 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 ask me about you. <laughs> Wait, where's mom, dad? <laughs> no, no, no. You boys gotta go now. Save <laughs> yourselves. Run to the mountains. No, dad. Go, no, dad. Go, go, <laughs> go quietly before anyone sees you. There are guards, there are soldiers everywhere on the lookouts for the two of you. The whole, this whole scheme, this whole, this whole uh, six-figure invasion into the United States of America, almost impossible to pull off, is right on the cusp of working, if not for you two and your friends up in the mountains disrupting this. Go now. Go. Boys. Boys. I love you, Dad. Boys. Avenge me! <laughs> Will you keep your voice down, old man? You just told us the soldiers are looking for us, aren't they? Now you're screaming yeah. your head off. You're putting a you, you hell of a performance by you're putting Dean. a target a on our back. You kooky old man. All right, listen. Now let's very quickly talk about football, and let's do it st- this style. New York City. Matt Money Smith uh, knows about uh, holding down the other side of sports America in Los Angeles, the media capital of the world, the capital of America, New York City. They do some good sports talk radio out there. No wonder then that a young Eddie Spaghetti was reared. That's a good point by you, Dave. That's a good point by by you. Mad Dog and all the rest of it. That's why he wants to do that one day. All this is all this is prelude to the main event when Eddie Spaghetti gets a gig in drive time. New York City. How better to get him ready than for Matt Money Smith to apply the the fire, you know, kind of like Powers Booth did to those teenagers to school them. And 
with that said, here it comes. WFAN. They do take Drive a lot of calls. Drive time. Time to roll some calls there. Take it away, host Eddie Spaghetti. Let's hear some talk about good time. Giants 3-1, and one, Jets 2-2. Two and two. Should be sunny times. The Yanks looking good. Metropolitans, go. Uh, all right, it's Spaghetti on the Fan. Uh, we got a couple minutes left in the hour. We're here taking calls about Judge Race to 62. We're talking calls about uh, Giants 3-1, and one, Jets 2-2. Two and two. We got a call on the line. Uh, at least it's uh, it's Matt right now uh, driving. Matt, what's going on? Jeez, couple minutes. Is that tell you? I gotta get. I gotta get to my point right away. Or can we? Can we kick yeah, through this? Kick what is that you supposed to mean? Time for you. All right, let's push it past the top of the hour. Here's my point. What Dayball's doing is a disservice to the Giants. This team is going nowhere this season. I'm fine. Fix the culture, but you can't win too many games. Daniel Dimes is not the guy they need to draft a quarterback, and this is sabotaging. The potential for this team moving So you'd rather forward. go own four like the past couple seasons from 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. You know the NFL drafts a crapshoot. Who knows they're going to get a top five pick. You don't want to see the team win. You don't want to see a roster succeed. Win what? What are they going to win? What are they going to win? They're going to make that. Come on. You think they're going to end up making the playoffs? They got the Packers next. Then they got the Ravens. And then they got the Jaguars. This is over. It's over. They're going to be under 500 in five, uh, five weeks. We're going to be talking about a team that's still I, got I don't, I don't agree with that. The team, the, the morale is high. The, everyone in the city is happy again to see this team succeed. Seeing Saquon Barkley back running all over the field is great for the NFL. You need the Giants to win, and I think this is a good thing. Dayball and Joe Shane have done a great job here with a team who is definitely you know subpar and somehow got 3-1 and one through the uh, almost quarter. They're not better than the Jets. They're uh, not better than the Jets, and you know it's spaghetti. They're That's not, not better. They're, that is not true. <laughs> They're on. not better. You tell me which roster you'd rather have. Let's uh, let's go through it right now. Which roster would you have? A quarterback. Who would you rather have? Zach Wilson, Danny Dimes. Who do you want? Okay, Zach Wilson. Who would you rather have? Which which wide okay. receiver core would you That's rather fair. have? Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and a slide. All right. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Go, who you want to have in a secondary? You got a sauce gardener out there? Oh, spaghetti. You better fight back. It's not even close. I didn't prep for that one. That's, that's, it is pretty weird when you think about that. <laughs> Life throws you curveballs, Eddie. That's a bad point by you. <laughs> Boy, it really is a good time in New York City. Gotta- Spaghetti's very upset, by the way. Uh, money about uh, the athletic took a poll of all the hockey writers and they have the penguins ahead of the rangers and this has spaghetti all tied into knots the likes of which we haven't seen since you said pearl jam isn't that great a band it really that, <laughs> he's, he's miffed about that i just don't get it if you're a final four team how's a final four team not even in the top 10 of team going into next year when they've only improved it makes zero sense it's a bad job by the staff bad job by you (laughs) oh let me squeeze in a quick break here this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Muddy. We've held you up more than enough time here. Uh, we we, we, uh, you know, we uh, love catching you and, uh, and Daniel Jeremiah calling the Chargers action. And I do think I did. I'm not going to jive. I wavered. You know I'm all in on the Chargers. I have been. Boy, those Chiefs look mighty. And kind of to the point about the Giants, you know, the Chargers can still put up a nice mark. Do you stand by? Listen, you're the voice of the team. What are you going to say here? But do you do yeah. you feel like as we, you know, the, the, this, uh, the conversation the last 24, 48 hours is at the quarter pole of the football season, everybody obsesses over and, di- and dissects it and everything else. And we still can't fully divine like, I don't know if Tua was right, would they be undefeated right now? And would we be talking about them differently? And now the bills are back on top. And so it's convenient to slide back into like told you the bills are the class of the AFC kind of talk. Is it now bills chiefs and everybody else in the conference? Or do you think they're still, I mean, you know, the Ravens are right there. Yeah, Here come the Bengals a little bit, but I think if Tua doesn't get hurt in that spot, I think they win that game at Cincinnati. And then what that what's that conversation look like in the Queen City, you know? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I I think parity is, is sh- you know, we, we finished where we started off. It has kind of shifted my position. You know, we thought the AFC West was going to be this juggernaut and the Bron- the Broncos aren't that good. You know, they're they're okay. Uh, the Raiders have just serious offensive line issues. And, it you know, everything you hear is that McDaniels and, and Derek Carr just can't quite get on the same page. It's a real interesting Well, it's weird because our boy, because our that, pal David Carr, as you know, told us that for two years since Brady left, that that was who McDaniels specifically coveted. And they tried a couple of times to get Carr yeah from the Raiders, which was a big surprise, which is like, you know, if, if that's who they wanted in their machine in Foxborough, that's as flattering as it gets, you would think. But so it's funny that it hasn't exactly jived just yet. Yeah. So, and I think what you saw in those back-to-back games from the chiefs is there's, there's a way to defend them, you know, with the, the chargers and the Colts game, you know, there, if you have the right personnel, uh, and you have the right defensive play caller that you can slow that down without Tyree Kill. It is considerably less imposing. And that the flip side of that is Miami with all that speed out there. What a nightmare it can be. It's interesting you brought that up about Tua. Like, I thought the Dolphins were in a better place with Teddy just because mm. he's got more arm strength. And you could see yeah. him pushing that ball, you know, whereas Tua left a couple of those short. And that's always been the issue is you have all this speed uh, you've got this, you know, everybody's made this comparison, but you've got this Ferrari and you can't get it out of second gear because two is just, that's not the kind of quarterback he is. That's not what he does best. So, um, you know, it, it'll, they have a really good defense. Uh, Miami's good. 
Buffalo's good. Baltimore's good. I think Cincinnati's better than their record says they are. I know there have been a few hiccups there, but that's a that's that's a nightmare to contend with, that trio of receivers. And Burrow's so freaking good. They'll figure that out offensively. They're good enough on defense. Um, but at the same time, like what I see from the Chargers is, yeah, I mean, look what happened this week. It's like they finally sort of – I think they were – I don't know. I know I'm kind of taking a million twists and turns, but I think they were thinking big picture like, hey, we got to keep Austin Eckler healthy. Let's make sure we protect Herbert. Let's, you know, and there's just a lot of these quick passes and rotating backs through. And then I think what you saw this week, even though the Texans are not a good team, and I'm not saying, you know, that this is what the offense is going to look like every week, but I think you saw it this week. It's like, okay. Austin's got to touch the ball 20 times. I know he gets banged up because he's not the biggest guy out there, but when he touches the ball 20 times, I mean, we get three touchdowns out of it. He's so good in the passing game. He's great between the tackles. And then you got to let Herbert cut it loose. And we saw him cut it loose a few times in this game where he's pushing the ball downfield more to Mike Williams. Um, and I think he still had more opportunities. Um, so as his ribs continue to get better, I think there's enough on this team. You know, I just I think you saw Khalil Mack. You know, Sebastian Joseph Day and, and and Austin Johnson in the middle of that line have changed this run defense dramatically. They still have some issues. They absolutely still have some issues, but so do a lot of teams. So, yeah, I think they're good enough to get into the playoffs. And I think Herbert's a good enough quarterback to win playoff games like Joe Burrow did last year and make this great run to the Super Bowl. I think I that think, is still yeah. on the table. To me, that's the big takeaway. And I, I always talk about the traps that the media and the fans fall into. And there are a number number of holes that you can stick your foot in and get stuck all through the, the actual calendar and, and the pro football calendar from the draft to the buzz around this this prospect and how good this kid's going to be in the NFL and what he, and oh the free agent signings and the way we react to preseason and all of it pro football players across the board when you talk to them will tell you consistently like it doesn't really start counting until November they, they like there's a ratcheting up and you will look back in December, see if you can make the, this thought exercise. Set your cell phone to to ding to look back where you thought teams were in Week Four. Do that around like December first, oh, yeah. and be like, "Remember what we thought was true in, uh, in, in early October? It will be very different." That's the thing I try to caution against is like the overreactions to like when the Chargers have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both right. That is going to be a really rugged offense to try and to try and handle if Justin Herbert yeah. is a hundred percent. So I'm not. I I almost did move on from the Chargers. The great news is for you, Daniel Jeremiah, and for the Chargers ownership, Damashek is not jumping ship just yet. I'm still on. Listen, what about the Steelers? I, I'm really sick what about, about the, the fact that they are one and three. Because if they're two and two, how how I I can't throw dirt on them though. Because of where they are in the division. I mean, look at this schedule. But look at the next it's bad. four. It's bad. At Buffalo, Buccaneers, at Miami. What do you at think they Philly? are after that? I mean, That's everything. Oof. I mean, like, can, do they get one? Look through the rest of the schedule. Look one through the seven. rest of the schedule. I can find I mean, eight more. No, I know. I think they're, okay. I think they're one they're and seven. If they're one and seven, then obviously they're doomed. If they're two and six, and obviously if they can get the three and five, um, then they're in play for like that knuckleball wild card playoff spot that they got a year ago. Because sure. if you go through the schedule, I can find the wins. I can find seven more wins for them. It's getting through this next month. It's it's hard to find. But 
I do think, you know, to the Rashad, uh, never more, and, and to bring it back to Daniel Jeremiah one last time before we let you go is, one thing you talk about impressing him. I am pleased when certain people like things I say, and he's one of those guys who's like, I like the Jenga theory, Sheck. Um, he, it does matter. Like, you can't just say like, uh, a lot of, a lot dude, of people stole that dude, from why, you. Why, Dave, why the Steelers? Like, they can't get a stop on Zach Wilson. Like, it, yeah, TJ Watt's not on the field. Cam Hayward's hurt. Terrell Edmonds is Jingle. out. They're, they're they're down in the set. Like, it does impact the result. It's a it's excuse-making also, and Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores and beyond need to figure that out and get a stop when you're up 10 points in the fourth quarter on the New York Jets. You can't lose the game. But I can't excuse it based on the Jenga. It's like, well, their best defensive player is not on the field. That They're obviously going to be a diminished version of themselves. I think the Chargers did a nice job of finding themselves after what could have been a gut punch that lasted for a month or maybe the whole season after what the Jags came into L.A. and did to them a week ago. So uh, glad to see you back on track. Matt Money Smith is the place to go to right now because you got the Dodgers in contention. Um, the Chargers are on the rise. Rams defending the championship. You got to track down on AM 570 radio, the Petros and Money Show. As you just heard there, informed. He can play grab ass with the best of them there. He and Petros doing that. Great times for Southern California sports and beyond. Make sure you're checking out the radio show and uh, following our guy, Matt Money Smith, on all social media handles. uh, The best there is. And don't be confused. He's a Chicago kid at heart. He likes to hide it. And don't let a... He he squeezes lemon in his hair to get blonde. But don't don't buy that. No, that's just from the salt water. I've lost... I I keep saying it. You always bring it up, and I appreciate it. It means a lot to my family. They're all still back there. But, man, I don't... There's not a lot of Chicago left in me. Even the, Gi- uh, the Giants after, uh, and Bears uniform matchup didn't didn't pull you back to being 11 years old. Nothing. I didn't. Yeah, not at, like the Bears are the furthest thing. I think because I've called so many NFL games and now as the voice of the child, like the Bears are way there. The only thing I can think of that still maybe moves the needle a tiny tiny bit is your Chicago Bulls. Like that's. Hmm. That's it, I think, because baseball, we're the Dodger station. I know a ton of the Dodgers and the front office folks and the manager. Like, they're just – it sounds stupid to say it. I don't mean to say it the way it's coming out. But they're – you know, we have relationships with them. You know, when I see Justin Turner, we chop it up. We grab – you know, Dave Roberts loves our show, listens all the time. And, you know, when we go to Dodger Stadium and we're on the field, Austin Barnes is making fun of us saying, you two guys are still employed. Nobody listens to the radio anymore. It's just like that, you know, that's kind of funny. And so the Cubs are out. The Bears are out, obviously. Um, I just haven't really even paid attention to them for 10 years. Um, and the Kings, you know, when my with, when our friend Kurt Schwarzkopf was running the Kings, like, they became my team because uh, of just how much I love that guy. And same with Luke. Luke Robitaille is arguably the most polite and wonderful Hall of Fame player you'll ever that come guy, across in your life. So, Lucky like, Luke came into my radio show that was happened to be head-to-head with Petros and Money. Uh, many years ago, Luke came in, was supposed to do a five minute segment with us. He he had uh, a nice time where he was such a gentleman. He just ended up hanging out for like an hour 15. And then the next day uh, appeared in a package for me, a large package. I opened it up. It was a book about Mario Lemieux that Lemieux and Lucky Luke had both signed. He just sent it. He just sent it off to me. Here you are, jerk. You know? That's that. really nice. the best guy. And see, yet 
yet that didn't resonate with you because you're such a, a dark hearted man. Like you still maintain some relationship now, with this knew. team that's thousands of miles away instead of taking that olive, olive branch from Luke and saying, you know what? Yeah, the Kings should be my team. I live in L.A. My children are being raised. They were born and they'll be raised in L.A. The L.A. Kings are for me. That's what you should have done in that moment. We've heard more than enough. You see what the lemon has done to his brain? He tried to make his hair yellow, and he and, and he made his soul yellow instead. Jumping ship like that—that's no way to behave. I won't do it. I'm standing by the Chargers. I'm standing by the Penguins, and I'm standing by the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett. We're on the rise, Jen. What about all right? What about the Pirates? What about the Pirates? Can your son be a Dodgers fan? Can your children be we Dodgers fans? Connection. For God's sakes, we have to go now. No, I wouldn't, la- I wouldn't me? do that to, to, to my you children. Can't. I wouldn't make them root for the Buccos. I don't root for the Buccos. Exactly. Take them to some Dodger games. Get them out there to see the best team of the last 10 years, the golden decade of Dodgers baseball, nine division championships in 10 years, the best player of his generation, Clayton Kershaw, going out there, spinning it from the left the, side. I the mean, Dodgers, God, get them out right. there. The Dodgers are for baseball what Pearl Jam is for 21st century music. And on that, we can agree. And on that, we will bid you good day, sir. Great thanks. The great Matt Money Smith, everybody. He's the tops. We appreciate him. And let's catch up sooner rather than later. All right, there he goes. Matt Money Smith. All right, there he goes. Uh, spaghetti, good good times with, uh, with our guy. Hey, um... Last thought. So did you cast your final vote for who would win the the military scrum? I, I mean, I still feel like overall I'd probably take the Navy. I think that's right because they got ships and planes, but do they have the guys on the ground? I feel like they I don't. I think Although the SEAL the teams, SEALs. yeah, the SEALs are the best. So I would, I'd probably lean with the Navy. I'm going to tell the Rangers you said that. Green Berets, too. All right. Great times. Muzzle tub on uh, the gents rolling. Best wishes to the Yanks going forward. We'll chop up the baseball playoffs and the drop of the puck, Eddie Spaghetti. We're about to get going here. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, Plus, obviously, college football and pro football ready to roll. We'll get you right for the weekend. When we talk to our guy, Kevin Hench, later in the week. And in the meantime, make sure you're listening to all the great shows on the Extra Points Network, including Extra Points with uh, me, Cousin Sal, Marty Weiss coming at you, Eddie Spaghetti, Waiver Wire with Jen Piacente coming up on Tuesday. And like I say, all the other great shows. And until later in the week, Thursday with Kevin Hench. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.